Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody, welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Monday, 6th of November 2023. This is episode 280. Quite a quick turnaround from the last episode, but yeah. we felt it was important. We're burning, bursting with our hot takes. Just yeah. like just like the fireworks or fireworks night in the UK. Uh, we just we just had to record again, didn't we, Damon? Listen, we can't get enough of each other. That's really what it is. It's uh it's a love affair that goes deep. And we need to hear our voices. So uh, any excuse necessary. And uh, we just happened to have a show that was pretty controversial. So we can talk about that. I was just thinking earlier about this show. And there was uh, someone who wrote in with a message which basically summed up everything I thought about it. And... I've lost the message. Oh, no. <laughs> that summed it up. <laughs> that, that, that's, oh, no, no. I've got oh, it. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, William says, was that show 2023 New Japan in a nutshell? Really good match with a great young talent who doesn't get the big win to cement them as a start. Someone from AEW gets the big moment. Someone more established who isn't really connected comes out, and now there's a new title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds pretty spot on to me. i got to be honest with you. Um... I mean, I guess we're getting into it, right? Let's get into it. Want to get it? Right I've got into nothing. It? There's no news. There's no. I've got no pre-show banter. No. Now we're jumping nothing. right in. So all you fuckers looking for a laugh, turn us off right now. <laughs> I don't know. You might get a laugh or two, but no pre-laughs. No. Uh, no foreplay here. We're jumping right in. No. I'm sticking it right in you. <laughs> no lube. <laughs> we're just getting straight in. We're going right in. Cheese. Yep. Open them up. We're going in. Um, needless to say, I turned off this show, Joel, and I think I have more questions than I do answers. And yes. you are exactly right. Uh, reading off that comment in the sense of, I, I don't know what what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. Um, well, I do know what we're doing. And to me, it just feels like a huge, major misstep. And I don't know. What, what, what are you feeling? What do you like? What, seriously, from your gut, from your heart, fuck logic. How are you feeling right now about New Japan Pro Wrestling? After, through the main event, I was like, yes, this is what I love. This is why I watch this company. And then afterwards, I was like, this is why I hate this company. <laughs> it's just the way it just lurches from 
one extreme to the other. Like we were talking about last week, I was memeing about it, that we're so back, it's so over. And we went from one end of that spectrum to the other in record time. Yeah. It, it was, I got whiplash that went so fast. Sure, we had it in one match. <laughs> in one match, I felt that way. In one match, I'm on the edge of my seat. And I'm excited, and I'm and I and I can't wait for the bell to ring, and um, you know, I'm I'm into every near fall, and I'm into every big move, and you know, you're you're in the middle of it, and you and you're getting past a certain mark, time wise, and you're thinking, okay, they this this might be it, this this might be the beginning of a of this and and the start of. Of, of, of something special, right? And um, then it went from just knowing that the guy that is geared to be the next guy is in the ring with the guy that is the guy who is moving on. Uh, and you and you had hope, and you and you felt good, and you really thought, okay, we're we might be in a good spot here. And even with everything on the undercard too, uh, and again, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of the, the the younger talent. You know, everything felt like okay. You know, we're we're ready. We're ready for you to make the move whenever you are, New Japan. And then in a 10, 15 minute span, I feel like most of that goodwill, <laughs> pardon upon, um was just evaporated and it was ah gotcha no or better yet you got me you got me <laughs> got me again you got me again uh I, I fell for it again because you guys have no intentions of of getting there anytime soon i think eventually we will get there but the opportunity to turn someone and put the rocket on him, and all that, with a guy who is leaving, a guy who is not going to be here. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I thought it was just pro wrestling one hundred and one, and we can't get that right. And now we have a Wrestle Kingdom match that literally no one asked for. Well, I'm going to save thoughts for that. Let's just work through the show chronologically and build up some anticipation. Okay. This is first of all, I'd like to talk about the English commentary. Oh. So this was the first. No, it wasn't the first anything for Walker Stewart, was it? Because he's done. Was it? No, his first. No, it wasn't his first live show in Japan. Whatever. This is the the <laughs> the most high profile show. First Walker tour. Stewart first done. tour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, first yeah, time sure. in Osaka. <laughs> No, it wasn't because he did the oh yeah, you're right. Super Junior Tag League Finals. So right. I don't know how to articulate this occasion, but Walker Stewart did it. And look, I know he's only 21, and I like him. I think he's got great attitudes. Um, I think he's saying all the right things. But I do have you know responsibility doing this podcast to be completely honest and say for everything for commentary for wrestlers what I think is working well. What I think is not working well. Yep. I thought Walker was great. Really, really fantastic. With, with all those caveats I said, as we've mentioned before, just really the, the fundamentals are there. I just like the sound of his voice fundamentally. I think he's got a great voice for play-by-play. The fundamentals are there, all the basics, very professional sounding. 
just sounds like a sports announcer. There's definitely room for growth. And he would be the first person to acknowledge that. He does need to improve his knowledge and understanding of the product and the history and the backstory. There's no shortcuts to that. It's not something I was expecting him to do overnight or before or in time for this show. That's a journey he's going on. That's going to take time. Also, having some extra gears to to go up to when matches reach a crescendo. And that's tricky to do. Like That's really tough to do for someone with a voice with the, the tenor that his has you know right. with very deep voice like that it's really really difficult to do that but he will do it you know that's something he's got to work on something he will train hopefully and i will say it was a particularly challenging match to do that because i thought there were about you know four or five times where i thought okay they're taking it home now this is it this is the end of the match but they just they kept on going and kept reaching new peaks so uh definitely not an easy match to be calling so i think those are the things that he needs to improve but I'd say everything else is there. And like I said, with his attitude towards the gig and his the, the time being on his side, he is absolutely going to get there. I don't, I don't have any concerns. And I was worried when Kevin Kelly was uh, calling it a day with New Japan, but I'm not worried anymore. Um, however, I would say my biggest issues with the commentary were not about those areas of growth that I've outlined, outlined for Walker Stewart. It was the dynamics of the, the dynamics with the other people in the booth, let's say. Um, there is a play-by-play announcer and there is a colour commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were three guys <laughs> towards the end of the show, but there are uh, specific roles for both. And I felt that at parts during the show, those roles were not necessarily adhered to, mm-hmm. shall I say. Okay. I think there were parts where the colour commentary should have been supporting and enhancing and boosting and, dare I say, protecting the play-by-play, given that this is a relatively new job for Walker Stewart. Um, I didn't feel it did that. I felt people were not really staying in their lanes, David. Okay. I, I mean, I hear you and I'm with you, right? And I'm with you. Uh, let me rewind first. And uh, all the things that you had talked about with when it comes to inflections and stuff like that, I think that will come the more he gets comfortable in the role. Right? Uh, again, let's 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 just bear this in mind. And I know he has a job to do. And again, he would be the first to to admit that you know he's not there on vacation. That being said, uh, this is his first trip here. Here being Japan. Um. And I don't care what anybody says, there is just bewilderment and deer in headlights and all of that. And he's working for a promotion that he knows people are going to be very critical uh, and kind of stay on every one of his words. He knows it. He's aware of it. Fine. I thought he did great. I thought he did great. Yes, he has a southern usness about him um that is you know what we're gonna have some barbecue (laughs) i'm gonna get out the smoker we're gonna make some brisket and we're gonna sit here and drink for 12 hours and maybe play a couple rounds of fucking horseshoes uh you know what i mean like he's got that and that to me is comforting like that voice can be very comforting um so he's got that down 
Like I'm not worried about that. Um, and all of that will, you know, the more he does it, the the more I think we'll see him get comfortable. But I thought, you know, for the, his first, uh, you know, shots at this, I got no problems, um, and I got no real critiques. Um, the idea of Chris kind of what felt like, look, it's, yeah, I'm sure there's no heat, right? But let's 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 get that out of the way first because I saw all that and that's preposterous. There is no heat. Um, but I did like there were just little comments that were just like, okay, woo, you're kind of throwing them under the bus a little bit, but I'm all right. And maybe, just maybe, and again, I, I think a, a simple conversation with Chris would would solve this on our end, you know, to, if, if he wanted, if he was willing to give us that time. Um, and give us fight TV, guys. <laughs> give us, yeah, give us some fucking um, passive. Um, is um, maybe he felt that he needed to be that guy to to maybe cross that that imaginary line of between color commentator and play by play guy, just to help Walker across the finish line. Right. I don't expect to hear that in the, in the near future. Right. But a little bit of hand holding, I think. You know, if I'm Chris, I probably w- might feel that way. That okay, this is a big show. You know, this is a his first time behind the mic in a big show, and you know, maybe maybe I'm going to say some things that maybe I I wouldn't have, um, just to help him in in the process. Um, that's what I'm going to take it as. Now, if we still have this conversation three months from now, uh, yeah, we got a different fucking problem on our hands. But I don't think that's the case. Um, and as as weird as this may sound, I thought it got better when Robbie Eagles showed up. Like, I think Robbie Eagles provided what I wished I would hear more from Chris Charlton. Right? And it's impossible for Chris Charlton because he's not in the ring. Right? So he it's hard for him to give that perspective. He absolutely. He isn't that, though. What's that? He is a dad and provides that unique commentary perspective that only fathers can. That's true. That's true. And he's incredibly short. So like elves and stuff. <laughs> like <he> could... <laughs> no, you can't do that. Okay. That was wrong. You know what? Make You can make fun of me on commentary, Gary, if you want, Chris. You can call me a fucking fat ass or whatever. I don't care. That's fair. Um, the... Um, I think you know, like I said, I think I think that will iron itself out. I really do. I hope so. Um, but aside from that, no, I thought I thought they were. I thought they did well. And Robbie, like I said, adding that element of the guy in the ring, like he didn't insult your intelligence, uh, and he brought up really great points as if pro wrestling were a real thing, right? And I kind of appreciate that to be able to walk that line. And I thought he did an awesome job doing that. So he, I think he added a, a, a flavor that has been missing for a little bit when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling commentating. Um, again, you have the historical stuff Chris does an excellent job of. You have the play-by-play person, Kevin and now Walker. 
Um, and then you kind of throw in Robbie in there and, you know, he's the guy in the ring and he can kind of give you that. You might not get this reference, but he's going to give you that Tony Romo kind of thing of, okay, I used to play this sport for fucking 12 years or however long uh, in, in big time games. And here's what the defense is looking at. And here's what the offense is looking at. And this is probably the play they're going to call. And there it is. <laughs> there's, there's the play. Um, so yes, I think, I think everyone, I think everyone that had high hopes and I think for the most part, I think a lot of people are on board and again, we're just hoping for improvement and I think we'll get that. Yeah, definitely good signs for, for the future there. It's just, just the old sort of pro wrestling adage of you accentuate the strengths and hide the weaknesses. So a bit more of that and uh, we'll be off to the races. Um, okay, so the first match was the Frontier Zone, where Oleg Bolton, DKC, and Taguchi defeat the Dragon Gate trio of Mochizuki Jr., Yoshiki Kato, Kato, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce it, sorry, and Strong Machine J, and Taguchi pins Mochizuki Jr. I thought he was like the, the, the hottest young Dragon Gate prospect, although that's always a slippery slope. If you speak to a Dragon, Dragon Gate fan, everyone... On the fucking card is the the, the, the savior of pro wrestling. But I want to take away from this: um, Oleg Bolton needs more monster. He needs more monster. He's a bit too gentle and calm, like a sort of a friendly bear. In his backstage promos, he's just doing the. Oh, you know, I just try my best. I'm going to work hard. Do 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 the best that I can. I hope that everyone has a lovely time. Want more of him sort of suplexing people out of their boots, please. But um, hopefully that'll come. Yeah, I think that will. I think I, I I think they don't even know what they have. To be honest, I don't I don't even think they the company has an idea of how they want to package him and how they want him to present himself. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the no brainer would be yeah, have him fucking just tossing people around a ring um, and stretching people out and uh, you know just being a bad son of a bitch that would be the ideal and um yeah i think they'll come but i think like you know being a young lion he's gonna you know just put on that modest face and not try and stand out too much which again we're going back to years and years of tradition when it comes to that uh, but yeah yeah he's he's gonna be awesome hopefully hopefully if he sticks around that's that's you know who knows but not that I know anything uh, otherwise, but you know, you just you never know the percentage of young lions that that make it through. Um, you know, there are people that don't, so we all are hoping that he is one of those people that make it through, and uh, yes, suplexes people out of their fucking boots. The first match was Jeff Cobb and Callum Newman Finn Oscar Loiber and Yuto Nakashima. Four minutes forty one seconds. Cobb pinned Oscar. Following the tour of the islands, um, there's been a lot of talk from Loiber and Nakashima, young bloods as they've um, labelled themselves, that they would like to be in World Tag League. This certainly wasn't a good omen for that. I don't know if this is just guys saying shit, as often they do in New Japan backstage comments. But you know, even if they do just enter World Tag League to be, you know, go like Owen fifteen or, or whatever, I'd be open to that. You know, just I want to see the young talent put in. High-profile spots. That's what I want in New Japan. Uh, Jeff Cobb, for his part, has 
asking for bookings on Twitter. You know, he's saying <sighs> that he'd like to more dates in the US, blah, 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 blah. blah. I, so I would not be holding my breath for him in World Tag League. As much as I enjoyed the Khan on the Cobb team, I understand that it's a more cost-efficient booking for New Japan to go with Holy Seaman Army, with Hinara and Okan, two guys who live in Japan rather than flying uh, Jeff over for a tournament that they're not likely to win. But uh do have my fears about Jeff Cobb. You know, he could just be working, but if you were to put the Super Jaguars gun to my head and say, is this guy going to be still with New Japan in six months' time? I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't give you a definitive yes there. I tell you what, working that match, you felt like, I don't know, did you get, this guy doesn't give a shit about what's happening here. <laughs> Vibes. Like, like, he was like, like, you could tell, at least it felt like it anyway. He was a guy that just kind of didn't want to be there in the opening match. Uh, you know, did his spot, squashed who he needed to squash. Uh, yeah. Um, look, I I said it oh, a couple months ago that I don't think people realized the the gravity of post-Wrestle Kingdom. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Cobb is on that list. I would not be surprised. Um, and if he's out there on Twitter looking for bookings, that's never a good sign, right? <laughs> that's never a good sign. So, uh, yeah, I get it. Cost savings and all that fucking shit. But you got yourself a stud, and he's looking for work. That never turns out well. <laughs> never turns out well. So, I mean, I, I said, again, I should reiterate, we've had people towing this line before. We've had Yuya yeah. asking for bookings and let's okay. be but there's a big the difference fans. between so Yuya. Jeff's doing that, but. Yeah, there's a big difference between Yuya and, and Jeff Cobb, right? There's a big difference. Jeff Cobb is arguably a upper mid-card guy. Maybe a mid-card guy. But I, I kind of think of him as an upper mid-card guy. It's a little bit different than a young lion looking for fucking bookings on excursion, don't you think? Uh, no, I mean my point was that you was lying. He was doing it to oh. deliberately mislead people. So it could be Jeff is doing the same, and that he has actually got some enormous uh, future and angle and faction leadership <laughs> booked in for New Japan. But uh, okay, but again, if okay, uh, let me just say this though: if that's the case, then why are, why would anybody work people at this point? You know what I mean? Like to me, that's just so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, like why would you work somebody like that? It's just uh, pro wrestling is so stupid sometimes. Like, come on, you want me to take you seriously, and you and you know, and, you, and then you just treat your fucking fan base like that. It's like, okay, again, I'm not saying he is, but like, if he were, it's just like, why are you doing this, dude? What's the point? Like, what? Like, are you making money doing that? I don't know. Like, nobody's going to be like, oh my god, Jeff Cobb just showed up. Absolutely no one. <laughs> you know? I feel like Juice Robinson did it quite effectively, and now everyone's trying to copy that. Even though that it wasn't some like massive sort of right. money making uh, angle that did Juice's big heel turn that shocked everyone after he'd worked. Everyone didn't really matter much, did it? No, the uh, rock really. hard gimmick. Not really. Not really. 
All right. So Jeff Cobb wins opening match, and I don't think there was any shock there. All right. What was number two again? Number two was the uh, junior special four-way tag match where we had El Desperado and Master Watto defeating Clark Connors and Julian Maloney, Yo and Musashi and Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita. So it was Despi pinning Fujita after five minutes, 36 seconds, Will El Esclero. I thought this match might be a Trojan horse for getting a Wrestle Kingdom three-way for those junior tag titles, but uh, no, it's not. So the junior tag match for Wrestle Kingdom is official. It is catch 2-2 against War Dogs, which you know we will get onto that. So this match was just, I don't know what it was for, just a, a, a swan song for Despawato, perhaps. They acknowledged backstage. They were just like, okay, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for team with me. It's been fun. Bye. Which yeah. was a bit strange. Yeah. I thought there might be uh, a bigger narrative, dramatic climax to that. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, Can I yeah, fantasy book? Really sure what to make of that. Can I fantasy yeah. book something? What would you think of, say, a little, little interference in Despi and Hiromo at the Dome from one freshly turned Master Wato. Uh, no, okay. I don't think I would like that. I think I'm comfortable, and I think Wato is comfortable with his spot at the moment. Dork. I think he's kind of... He's comfortable with dork. Yeah, I think... Okay. No, I think he's comfortable with the dorkiness, and I think he's sort of leaned into that and has sort of got a, an endearing goofiness about him, but people, I think, take him seriously now. I think you have to after the year that he's had, the best of the Super Juniors win. But it was outstanding in that. So um, I don't think it would be a good fit for him. I don't think he could pull it off, really, being a heel. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it would expand his horizons a little bit. Um, get that much-needed sandpaper that I always talk about. Eh, it was a thought. I don't know. It just seemed – it did seem weird that it was just like, okay, you know, here's your T-shirt. All right, I'm going to reluctantly shake your hand. Okay, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, okay, this is where it is. Okay. Yeah, it could be. You could be right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just thought, you know, I don't know. Like, what was the point? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, all right, what was the point of this again? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. And it just, just, it did seem like um, this was very Orndorff Hogan-esque. (laughs) <laughs> you know, of the constant going back and forth of, okay, I'll be your friend and all that stuff. Um, you know, all condensed into like a month span. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do at Watto at this point. It's uh, it seemed, I, I feel that while he did have a lot of momentum, I mean, I don't know. Is he still, he's still in that echelon for you? He's, He's still up there. Is this it? is it. Like, it's just flagging now what is one of my bigger concerns heading oh. towards Wrestle Kingdom is that all these guys, these young, talented guys who have really made a name for themselves this year, nothing for Wrestle Kingdom. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. I mean, granted, we do have, uh, yeah, we have what, two months? So I'm sure things will change, but yeah. Yeah, you would think that they would be showcased and they would be front and center, but uh, you know, we still got a little bit of time to get some creative juices flowing for them. But yeah, it's just a little bit disappointing. Um, again, look, I, I I don't know what kind of ticket sales you're going to get from them. 
right? If you put them at the top, I, I don't know, but you know, obviously they, they feel that it's the juice isn't worth the squeeze with them right now. You know, right now. And again, we do have time and all that fucking shit, blah, 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 blah. But, um, it, yeah, it, it just, it is odd to me that, yeah, none of them, none of them have a spot yet. So we'll see. Then we had the third match, which was Tamatonga, Kushida, and Kevin Knight defeating Shingo Takagi, Titan, and Bushi. So Tamatonga pinned Bushi after 10 minutes, 55 seconds with a gun stun. And it appears that he is challenging Shingo again for the Never title, which, again, that's that's the first big red flag of the show. I yeah. was like, what? what? What is going on here? Now, I've heard rumours about Shingo and Wrestle Kingdom that there was maybe some talk about him defending that title against um, Kazuhiko Nakajima. I don't know if that is likely to happen now, given that Nakajima has, uh, let's say, I don't want to spoil stuff, but commitments and other companies, shall we say. And to be honest, like we saw that Shingo versus Nakajima match earlier this year. I didn't think it was that great. So it's not something I was desperate to see again. What I did not want to see again, though, was uh, Tamatonga versus Shingo. I hope this is a placeholder until they come up with something better. I mean, it seemed that we were maybe trending towards Shingo versus Evil, maybe some sort of hair versus hair gimmick. Maybe I'm a lunatic on Lunatic Island. I think I might rather see that than see Shingo versus Tamatonga again. But I digress. Here is, again, red flag for the booking of this company that we are getting interminable pushes from guys who don't, don't, I don't think deserve it that much. I don't, can we, can we sort of downcycle Tamatonga a bit, please? We've just hit a ceiling. That's enough. Can you name another guy who's gotten more opportunities? (laughs) I I can't. It's been forever with this guy and it's like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to do the rematch of the rematch of the rematch. It's- this is the point that uh, I was chatting to Fraser and he brought up this really good point, which is that I think in terms of booking of the, the domestic talent, not a lot has changed really, but the, one of the bigger changes that's quite jarring now is that in previous years, in terms of the foreign talent, they basically had their pick of the indies, like the best workers on the planet. This is the pre-AEW world, but now... It feels like I don't want to use the word dregs, but when we're looking at guys like Tamatonga constantly being pushed and, and elevated in, in high profile singles title pictures, then you know that's not the, the quality that it was five years ago. I think they're loyal to a, a fault, you know, they're loyal to a fault. Um, I look who knows if. WWE had interest. You know, that could just been a bit of bargaining line to throw out there to say, you know, just to kind of raise the stock a little bit. But like a guy like Tamatanga is going always going to have a job. Like they'll never fire him unless he commits a fucking felony. You know? Um it's just, it's just they they just don't. Now, if you're, you know, Western uh, or you know, non-Japanese, shall I say? Uh, yeah, there's a. Let me take that back as well, because obviously Tamatanga is not Japanese. Um, if you aren't a person who has been 
born and bred through the do- dojo system um, and have been through, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling for a significant amount of time, you you, you have a job for life. You'll never, never not. Um, but, yeah, it's – look, to me, they still have one of the most talented rosters in pro wrestling. Still do. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, they just, they don't stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? They just, they have a, they have a vision. Whatever this vision is for Tamatanga, they're not stopping. It is continuing on and on and on until either he doesn't show up for a fucking plane (laughs) or, or he signs somewhere else. Because New Japan, obviously, is not going to do anything. We'll keep him. Um, An incredible turnaround from a guy who was attacking fans during the 2018 G1 Climax and looked like he was a whisker away from getting the sack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, that was under different management, and apparently he was fined. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it, is, it is comical how... They just stick with the same guns. It's, I don't know. It's, he's, you know, he's not terrible. It's just, he's there. And I think everyone's waiting for that next level. And that next level is not there. Can we just finally fucking admit it? It's just not there. Um, And yet, here he is still in the mix. Here he is still in the mix. I tell you, either this fucking Wrestle Kingdom, Joel, is going to be seven hours long, or there are going to be some upset people. There are going to be some upset well, people. Well, they moved it back half an hour because apparently they had too many matches to cram in. So it's a full 30 start instead of five. Mm. Okay. I mean, look, it's they got a lot of <laughs> they got a lot of people that uh are, are looking for a match on a on the biggest show of the year that have that have stuck it out. And there's no guarantee that they're going to be in not only a marquee match, but a a match. And when you have situations like this, where it's Tamatanga once again, and again, this could happen very well, happened before Wrestle Kingdom. But that being said, I mean, I would not be surprised if if it's there. Never title, Shingo and Tamatanga. And uh, I couldn't care less. Yeah, co-sign on that. Um, in terms of World Tag League, they did seem to be heavily hinting that Shingo and Suji would be teaming up for World Tag League, which makes you wonder if this Shingo never title win is a relatively last-minute pivot. So Shingo addressed that and said, basically, it's all up to the company. Uh, he said he's more interested in being a singles guy, so they've not really closed the door on that yet, but Convention suggests that he would not be taking part if he's still holding a New Japan singles title. So there you go. I'm not holding my breath for Shingo versus Suji in World Tag League, even though that would be great and it is what they should do. Uh, fourth match then. Tetsuya Naito and Yota Suji defeated Sanada and Yuya Uemura. 11 minutes, 10 seconds. Suji pinning Yuya following the Gene Blaster. Uh, there's quite a lot to unpack from this one. First of all... Good. I hate to open up this can of worms again, but 
from what I heard on the broadcast and from people I know who were in the building, no reaction for Sanada. This is your Wrestle Kingdom main event program, right? Feels like Naito is pulling teeth, trying to get something compelling out of Sanada. I don't know if Naito believes that Sanada is capable of delivering that, to be honest. And uh, Booz helpfully reminded me, I don't know if you'll remember back when Ibushi was defending his title against Sanada and felt that Sanada was giving him so little that he just ended up, Ibushi ended up inserting himself into other people's backstage promos just to give himself <laughs> something to do. Uh, so, yeah, again, I don't want to relitigate this whole thing, but it's it's a cold program, right? There's no no getting around oh, that. Cold. Uh, yeah. Uh, Naito is going to be having eye surgery. Apparently, this is the last time he can have this particular procedure. So, just a little bit of fear in your hearts there that maybe Naito is not going to win at Wrestle Kingdom if he's not able, if he, you know, doesn't have the longevity to be able to have a, a decent reign as champion. So, just to shit everyone boy, up a little boy. bit. This fuck, what a doom and gloom podcast this has become. My <laughs> goodness gracious. <laughs> Let, let's talk about you, Emra, who I've got yeah. egg on my face. I was convinced he was going to be the second coming. And dare I say, looking like a little bit of a jobber here. Mm. He looked good, though. I, I, I think, like, to me, out of everybody in the ring, he... Look like a fucking stud, like that. The, the whole everything. I think he's just got it. Um, yep, and he's the one looking at the lights. Um, and again, uh, you can make an argument. All right, this is what I don't understand. There is absolutely nothing wrong. Let me repeat this: nothing wrong with Sonata taking a pinfall. And it could be slip on a banana peel. It could be, you know, fucking hijinks. It could be whatever. There's nothing wrong with Naito pinning Sonata to get people amped up to say, okay, he can fucking beat him. He, he beat him here, you know? Uh, you know, this, this, we got a good shot of this fucking title changing hands. Um, I, and I would think that would be something that they would like kind of push toward and lean on to get some juice into this fucking program. Yeah. They have the guy who probably in the ring, arguably one or one a needed that pinfall more than any of them. Uh, he's the one looking at the fucking lights. Um, Sonata and, and Naito might be, and I'm really struggling to think back. It might be the most, freezing cold wrestle kingdom main event that i can ever remember like i i remember feeling this way like around the the the, the and this was i guess it was was it the first wrestle kingdom where it was uh the tna involvement you had just you know you know aces and eights and all you know all that stuff dudley's all everything um jeff hardy I, that's this is what I feel going into this Wrestle Kingdom, and truth be told, I might have been even a little bit more exciting excited for the one past than the, this main event. I I can't think of yeah. How is that possible? How, we uh, rightly shout on Jay White for just doing absolutely nothing to 
build up hype, which mm-hmm. was maybe a little bit understandable because he had one foot out the door. How has this build managed to be even worse than that? I don't know. I don't know. You got a guy in 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 Naito who, uh, I mean, that's his gimmick to not give a shit. Okay, great, but it doesn't help. <laughs> it really doesn't help any. Uh, and Sonata, who, look, you said it, and we've heard it from multiple people. So please stop with the oh, but he's over in Japan. Is he? Is Sonata over in Japan? Because they're like at, at, at least now with the title, it seems like he is quite possibly the the IWGP World Champion with the just you. You just need to defrost him. <laughs> it's that cold. It's just a block of fucking ice. Um, and that's preposterous because. It's not like we're sitting here and we had no time to be creative or think, okay, what can we do to jumpstart things and what what's going to help us move forward and what's going to help us put a little bit more revenue in our pockets so that we can bring in Jeff Cobb for World Tag League. <laughs> you know what I mean? They shit the bed post COVID. I cannot believe how much they fucked up post-COVID. And even before, you kind of felt the, the, the signs. Look, no one, absolutely no one asked for a the Intercontinental Belt to be dissolved into the world title, and now three people are going to fight for it on two separate Wrestle Kingdoms. <sighs> I was going to save this that, rant. In retrospect, like, that, is, that is the most ludicrous thing that they might right. have ever done. Right. That decision to merge those two titles and be in the lineage of both of them. Just the, fucking insane. 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 The one thing this company had over every single pro wrestling company was that fucking title. Sorry. That's what drew people in. It was the battle for the top prize in pro wrestling. And I know that sounds cliche, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but that is the God's honest fucking truth. And now we have 75 titles that don't mean shit. It's unbelievable. I was going to say this for the appropriate time, but now is the appropriate time. At... 42 minutes into this particular podcast, Damon McDonald is going to propose we need a change at the top. We need it now. The time is done. I've had enough. Yes. I'm going to do Arsenal fan TV memes. It's time to go. (laughs) It's time to go. Like, we need fresh ideas. We need fresh leadership. The, the 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 what we have right now is a not getting the job done, and b making things proactively worse. I I I I can't believe I would say this, but every Booker has 
a shelf life and you just run out of fucking ideas. And you know what? Every head coach, championship teams, championships, head coaches overstay their welcome. General managers overstay their welcomes. It's sports. It's what happens. And guess what? In a, in a profession where not only do you need to be able to see talent and and be able to hone talent, you need to be creative and give them a direction. That's not happening. I want everyone to just pause for a second and think about it. What we have at Wrestle Kingdom is 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 it's not where it needs to be. Where we have 75 titles that mean nothing. Where we're actually t- considering merging another set. <laughs> First of all, the title is the US Intercontinental title or what US IWGP US Championship. Okay. And the US the, the UK thing was just a thing, right? It was just a saying. It was just a thing where Big Will was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm British, so I represent. And then it became a belt. <laughs> like it became the actual physical belt. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And now we're merging the imaginary belt and the actual title and the title that actually probably the only title that has any type of, of energy behind it. Now we're going to create a new title. I'm over it. It's I'm done with it. Enough with the new titles. It's bullshit. I'm sick of it. We, you're, it's, it's, we, need, we need a change. We are stale as fuck from top to bottom. Yet we have... Uh, this is the problem. In a nutshell, Joel, we have arguably the best roster in pro wrestling. I would put this New Japan roster against any roster currently in pro wrestling. We have a great roster. The problem is is that the talent is not being used properly. Period. Period. And that's the booking. And quite honestly, that is the the absolute brain dead decisions up top from all these us shows to terrible promoting of the shows to literally killing cities in which you had lines around the block lines around the block to get in joel that's that that that, that those days are long gone we still don't have a tv deal we're on access do, do you know we're on access tv in the states <laughs> does anybody does anybody watch it? Does anybody I've never watched it. How do you like that? I've never watched it. Still don't have a TV deal. We still can't fill an arena. We still rely on AEW. We still to this day are treated like a bastard stepchild by him. We are lost. <laughs> We're lost. And it ain't going to change until there's a, a major shakeup, and I am here for it. Top to bottom. That means Japan, and that means U.S. And if the next person that sits on that throne and uh, is in charge of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they don't have a clear, definitive path of, A, this person's my booker, 
And B, here are our plans in the next year for not only here, but in the States. I would have no problem with them saying, well, you know what? We're putting it on hold. We're not going to run another show in the U.S. I'm not going to do it. Why? Why would we? Why? Why? Until they fucking figure it out. I'm off my soapbox. Thank you. Nick Kikuchi back. I'm not even joking. Look, we actually do. We actually do. <laughs> I mean, we actually do. And, here, and, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, if at the time when we were told about him, trust me, we couldn't believe it. You know, we were just like, what? Really? And it was confirmed from multiples, multiple people. But it was something that, like, it was literally, if you tell anyone, you're going to get, we're going to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you're going to get a bullet in your head in the middle of the night. Um, yes. Yeah. We, we need, here's the thing. We need something. We, we need something. Um, and, 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 and please don't take this as I don't appreciate where we were, but it's time for a change. We need, we need new ideas and fresh ideas and a, a, a game plan for these youngsters. And let's, let's jumpstart it. Cause we're wasting time. Yeah. I mean, cycling back to this match, I think this is case in point really that we've got guys like you, Onra and Yotosuji with nothing on the table for Wrestle Kingdom. And that's the classic New Japan book in that they are very conservative when it comes to the young talent and they build them up and tell these stories as we're going to get onto with Shota Umino. But I just don't think they've got the luxury of doing that because no. what they have at the top of the cards and then the upper mid card is just not compelling at all. Guys like Sanada, David Finley, Tamatonka, you can't, I don't, I, again, I don't think you can do that. It's not like, you know, you've got Prime, Okada, and Naito, and Tanahashi, and Kenny Omega, and JY, etc., being able to be the, the star attractions at the top of the card while we take our time with the younger talent. It's, just, it's not the case. And I know that the pushes for Uemras and Yasujis will come probably next year, but it's just, it's very difficult to watch looking at this extremely stodgy Wrestle Kingdom card with a lot of old guys, a lot of injured guys filling out the card. You know, we know Sonata's not 100%. Naito's undergoing eye surgery. Brian Danielson's got his orbital injury. He's not allowed to wrestle. Despy's undergoing surgery. Goto's still injured. And there's probably more examples. But, uh, weirdly, the tickets are selling really well. Yeah. Arena A is sold out. So, they might be heading towards a 40,000 capacity Wrestle Kingdom here, which might make us look like twats wouldn't be the first time yeah. but again i don't think them doing a good number at wrestle kingdom makes anything that we've said invalid because at the end of the day we're watching something because we want it to be creatively fulfilling because if it's like well look at the attendances then congratulations you're a wwe fan right. i don't want to play that game right so whilst i do acknowledge that the tickets are moving well and you know there might be a lot of factors for that i just i'm finding it very frustrating seeing them sitting on this gold mine what i think is a gold mine of talent and not really doing much with them well they the put the gun to people's heads you know with the ticket sales you know i mean nothing was announced and you know tickets you know go on sale and you're assuming you're going to see greatness and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that you're in the dome and I think you know opening up the borders once again. That's that's people are excited to get back, and and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of first timers. 
Um, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's a wonderful country and a wonderful place to go on holiday. Absolutely. Um, and a great time of year. And a great time of year. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're kidding ourselves if, if we're going to sit here and say that this is this is where this is where we thought we would be when we sat through empty arenas and clap crowds and we were the last ones to to get cheering fans back and we went and we bit the bullet the problem is this people will not wait for you new japan they're not going to wait for you like in 1991, yep, we would wait because what other fucking options do we have, right? The world is a bit different now, and people are not going to wait. Um, yes, tickets got sold. Yes, you know, but there's only so much goodwill people have, man. And 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 to be brutally honest, people going for Wrestle Kingdom – I would say, you know, I, I'm going to speak for me. I can't speak for everybody else. I'm going to speak for me. But honestly, the actual Wrestle Kingdom is probably third or fourth on my list of, oh, I can't wait to get over to Japan. Because honestly, it's outside the dome that is probably 10 times more fun than, than in the actual dome. Uh, inside that cavernous building that you really can't see shit in. Um, I, they got to figure it out, dude. They just got to figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've got the energy to discuss you. Yeah? I just feel this. I, I think he looks great. Really disappointing. It is disappointing. He looks great, but the, just really, it's a, Sonata's young boy? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, am I out of my mind thinking that we need a change? No. I I think it's time, man. I, th- I Actually, I think it's we're well past that time. Yeah. I, th- I think we've given so much rope. It's unbelievable. Um, and this is not a knock on any of the participants in the ring. Because everybody's working their ass off. I, th- I feel that. Uh, I don't think necessarily a lot of people are dogging it. I mean, you know, your usual suspects. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, you know, we're they're working their fucking tails off. It's just, we need a change. We need a fucking change at the top. And not only do we need a change, we need, we need direction. We need, we need, we need direction. Uh, Suji says he wants to be in World Tag League, but I guess this all hinges on Shingo. Shingo's not taking part, then Suji's going to need a different partner. No idea who that could be, but yeah, again, just very directionless. Um, B. Francis, who started that I'm not taking my T-shirt off at this undercard match trend. Do you recall that being... <laughs> <laughs> I remember T-shirt Kenny being a thing in sort of 2017, 2018, and you know, Naito's always been like that. Anyway, let's move on to fifth match. Uh, David Finley or unfit Finley as uh, Ash says in our Discord uh, defeating Tagaloa 12 minutes 33 seconds via into into oblivion do you remember when David Finley sort of re-debuted this Bullet Club leader gimmick and it was quite distinct from Jay White because he was winning matches clean and just being really 
a savage, as he said, just being absolutely brutal, getting clean wins, but just basically beating the shit out of people. Not able to beat Tangaloa cleanly here. Mm. Needed the, was it a distraction, ref bump, Shillelagh, whatever it was. There just seems to be a distinct change in the way he's been presented. And he's not looking in good shape either. I'm not a big body pervert. Pick a lane, right? If you want to be a fat bullet club leader, go for it. You know, go full Hashimoto or whatever. <laughs> you know, if you're going to be fat, be fat. Don't be this sort of middle ground. I think, I don't know, as soon as he found out he was going to be bullet club leader, he should have been straight on the juice, phoning up Jay White. Oh, Jay, <laughs> who, who does your roids? Get, hook me up, please. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he just did, did not look in good shape here. I mean, the match was all right. I mean... I don't know if this is a hot take. I actually thought Tangelo was probably performed better in this match than Finley did, but it wasn't offensively bad or anything. It's just, it wasn't something where I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I really want to see more of this guy. Nobody does. Nobody does. I don't even think his own family wants to see more of him. <laughs> they, they changed their number. <laughs> Blocked them. Um, I, uh, I think it's a, it's a horse that we've beaten to death, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, just... Here we go on paper. The guy who has done nothing all year now gets a cheap win with a, you know, using obviously a a uh, uh and you know we get we, we, they get rewarded, <laughs> right? Right? It, like wouldn't logic dictate to say, okay, he gets this win, right? But everyone in the building, everyone backstage, the New Japan Pro Wrestling brass, uh, they all saw it, right? So instead of giving them a, a match <laughs> and allowing them to to partake, uh, be like, well, you know, you won, but eh, it was under dubious uh, circumstances, so uh, we're not going to give you that, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be? Or how about this? He had a big mallet, Damon. You're forgetting oh, the mallet. Oh, my goodness gracious. I well, wasn't sure. Like, this is a, a very like sort of 90s UK Kids TV reference. There's this guy called Timmy Mallet who had a big mallet. So I don't know if, and he had a president of a program, Kids TV program called Whackaday. So I just, I, the, the big question for me is, do we refer to Finley as Finney Mallet or Whackaday? So those are the only two questions. Whackaday. Whackadave, yeah. I love Whackadave. Yep. Whackadave. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where we're at. Let's talk about something good. Let's right. go to the sixth match. Uh, Great O'Conn, John Moxley. So that it was a one minute, seven second count out draw. Then they had a, a rematch, falls count anywhere match where Mox defeated O'Conn, 40 minutes, 10 seconds while a referee stoppage. This was fucking awesome. This yeah. was really good shit. This it very much exceeded my expectations. And I think a lot of that is down to Mox, who just seems to do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, I think he, you know, may, maybe a touch overrated in some circles, but. He absolutely delivered here. You can tell the reverence that he has for working New Japan. And he looks like he's enjoying working New Japan more than he is enjoying working AEW. And so I am very happy the fact that he's got the creative freedom to do what he wants and do nutty stuff like this. And um, I don't want to say dragged Okan to a really great match because I know Okan's got it in him, but maybe sort of inspired him into you know putting in that effort and doing something a bit special because yeah there was just a real energy about this match and just a, some really creative wacky spots it was just an absolute blast to watch yeah what made it great what made it great what made it great was once again the dreaded a word 
authenticity. How about that? Right? It felt like they wanted to kill each other. Like, there were times where they're beating the living shit out of each other with guardrails and chairs and what have you. And and, and not, not Biting each other in the cock. <laughs> you know, right. Right. There was an actual bite of the cock. Right. If that doesn't scream legitimacy, I don't know what does. Um, I mean, people running for their lives, them not giving a shit who was in the way. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Right. Um, you know, I could deal deal without it, do without it. Here, here, I'm I'm totally fine with it. And again, the, it, it built in the sense of they went what again? You said like it was like two minutes, four minutes, whatever it was, and then they get counted out. And you could hear the groan from the crowd, like it, they were just like, "Oh, the fuck? Are you kidding me?" Uh, and then you know they said, "Okay, nope." False can anywhere. Let's restart it. And you should have heard that fucking pop. Like they were like, "Wow, right, let's fucking go." And they went, and they beat the shit out of each other. And oh my god, the one where Okan wrapped up Moxley in the tarp, and you know pounded the shit out of him. Referees in there trying to you know get in the way, and Moxley gets up, and there is a puddle. <laughs> an actual pool of blood in that tarp. And I was like, what? Wowzers. Fucking just gorged himself. Um, gorged? Gored? He cut himself. Badly. Um, yeah. This felt, I mean, look. <sighs> I don't want to say you know what you get with a John Moxley match, but Okay, you could say the same thing. You know what you're going to get with a fucking Bruiser Brody match, and you know what you're going to get with a fucking Abdul the Butcher match, and you know what you're going to get with whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if that's what it is, then be damn good at it, and I feel like he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's good at that. Um, and there is something to be said about a dude who just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Like, to me, that that I don't give a shit is, is a thousand times better than the announcing team uh, making a point to say, well, fans might shit on David Finley, but he sure doesn't care. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Uh, they, uh, maybe he should a little bit. But Mox and Okan, yeah, no, they, they tore the house down, both uh, in a uh, figurative and literal sense. I'm watching an extremely funny game of football at the moment. Watching uh, Tottenham against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tottenham have had two players sent off, but they are playing. They're, they're all basically like standing in a line on the halfway line. <laughs> Chelsea keep like peeing the ball over the top and running it behind <laughs> their <laughs> defense, and they're four one down at the moment. This is absolute mayhem. Oh dear! I just uh, find some joy out of uh, Tottenham losing. Yeah, yeah, two red cards. Dirty players. There goes their unbeaten run. Ah, fuck you, Spurs. Uh, all right, uh, Louis says with the Moxie versus a calm match becoming false count anywhere where some people in the crowd are willing participants in the match for statement ever involved in a match just by being in the audience. I know you guys mm. saw Izuka made his way past when you were seated. Uh, and Amelia says, is it time for a new ponytail-less Great Okan rebranding? Is it time, David? Is Great Okan going on a run? <coughs> oh, wow. 
Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there's no. I mean, why start now? How yeah, for this match because Mox thought it would be funny. I, I tell That's you what, it. I'm I'm hoping that I'm I hope that there was a conversation about that. I would be pissed off. Somebody fucking did that. Um, I you know I I would. Who knows? I mean, I mean, he still has a lot left. I can't believe we're sitting here talking about a ponytail, but yeah. Uh, I mean, he still has a little bit left. I mean, it's not that, you know, he's not like a bald headed geek. Um, I hate crowd brawling shit. I hate, I hate having to get up, get my shit, you know, fucking get, stay out of the way. And then, then you got the, <laughs> I loved that when they were trying to have that sort of artsy camera shot of them brawling in the background know, and yeah. Greta Khan's ponytail lying in the foreground, but there was a bottle of green tea next to it. So it just <laughs> looked like really awkward product placement. Right. <laughs> I know they should have had like a, like a Zemo or something or uh, somebody plop one down. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't see it happening. I mean, I think, I think what Great Khan is, is mid-card guy. He's a mid-card guy. I mean, that's... And and to me, there's really no indication that that's going to change anytime soon. And that's... It is what it is. Do I agree with it? Nope. Uh, you, you can see what he has. You know? You can see the fire that he has if given that opportunity. So, no. I don't think that there's any... Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't hold my breath for that. Uh, for the crowd stuff, again, I don't particularly like it when I'm in the crowd. Um, I, I will say this. Um, if you go back into the old the archives of uh, ECW, you will see uh, there was a time. I think it was a I want to say it was the. It was Axel against Ian Rotten. It wasn't that Taipei glass match. I was there, but it wasn't that match. Uh, it was a different match. And he DDT'd, one of them DDT'd the other into the fucking chair that I was sitting in. And uh, the camera was right on us. And I'm, I, was, I was acting like a fool. So I'm like, he had his head right here in the big dent in the fucking chair. And it's on the TV. It's on the, uh, it's on the show. It's uh, actually at the end of the show. <laughs> they, they cut to me <laughs> screaming about how he broke the fucking chair. Uh, I couldn't tell you what episode it was, but early ECW, early ECW. So that was probably the biggest one. But there have been plenty of times, like Joel Goodhart shows and shit, with a brawn in the crowd, and you're just like, <sighs> just you know, I, I I don't know. I never really got into it. Never really got into the 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 brawl through the crowd shit. I, in fact, I actively am not a fan of it. All right, seventh match then was the never open weight six man tag team championships with Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi successfully defending and retaining the never open weight titles against Zack Sabre Jr., Shane Haston, Mikey Nichols. And it was Hiroshi Tanahashi who got the win over ZSJ, apparently, mm. <laughs> by necklock. Uh, I thought this match was really great, just tremendous back and forth, great action. Uh, the one part that had me cringing a little bit was when Zach and Ishii did that extended, horribly over-choreographed sequence where they're just like whiffing at each other. Yeah. Um, 
that, come on, but both of you are better than that. Don't do that again. That's embarrassing. <laughs> You're going to get memed on Twitter for that. It's, it's unworthy of you. And then um, Daniel, Bri- no, Dr. Brian Danielson made the challenge afterwards, video challenge. Uh, couldn't fly apparently because of the injury. Said he wants to break Okada's arm. Uh, oh. I did enjoy the, Jap- the, uh, the, the Japanese audience and Okada doing the yes, yes reference for the show. They pay absolutely no attention to AW programming. They're still referring to the WWE gimmick. What what happened to the Okada who wanted to beat up all the kids? It's a, someone said, I think Fraser said on the Discord, like it, the, this it just feels like a real sort of jarring difference between the booking in the first half of the year and the second half of the year. But anyway, yeah. I'm not going to that. Um, what did you think of this never open weight six man match? Um, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um for some reason I thought maybe it would be a little bit better than than what we got. Uh but that's not to say that it was horrible. Um I think what I was most weirded out by and it wasn't that much but um was the idea of them successfully defending. Knowing full well that Okada is going to be wrestling uh Daniel Bryan. Um Daniel Bryanson, Danielson, whatever the fuck he's called this week. I'm going to refer to him as American Dragon. Uh, I thought that was weird because unless they drop those titles before Wrestle Kingdom, which again, we'd have two months, is a possibility. Um, it felt weird to not have them even be defended on the show. I thought, I thought it was kind of. Like, all right, they're probably going to move these belts off of them just to free them up. Um, I mean, I yes, I do, and I do realize that Zach is the prestigious TV title holder um, on the new and improved. Ha- when is that? Is that like tomorrow? That's tomorrow, isn't it? The new and improved New yeah. Japan World. I can't yeah. wait to see how that fucking goes. If it's anything like anything else in this fucking company. It's going to crash. <laughs> it's going to crash. Um, <laughs> but fingers crossed. Uh, but no, I was actually surprised that, that uh, they got the win. And I don't know. It kind of feels like that setting up a Tanahashi TV title, right? Oh, man. Oh. Go ahead. The, the, title that was, the title that was for the youngsters, yeah? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Still, Listen. Tanahashi and Zach, a nice, nice fresh match up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something we haven't seen before either. Um, look, we you you've said it before. They come up with ideas and they just fucking they just I don't know they just forget them. It's weird how they they are like that in some cases, and then, then like in other cases they're just they're gonna they're they're sticking with it. They're sticking with their guns and they're pushing through and pushing through. <laughs> just, this was the title for the kids. Oh, well. 11, 11 times they faced each other, Tanahashi and Zach. So forgive me for not uh, wetting myself in excitement for that. Uh, anyway, let's move on. The uh, eighth match was the. Oh, uh, sorry, I haven't, didn't ask your thoughts. Um, Okada Danielson. Um, I think the match is cursed, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I don't know how a guy with. And it's an orbital bone, right? Broken orbital bone. Um. I mean, that doesn't heal overnight. And I just think about the impact of just simple bumps and simple slams. And, you know, I don't know. I don't, I just, 
to me, the juice is not worth the squeeze here. And again, they're they're trained professionals, and hopefully, doctors are involved. And but pro wrestlers will say whatever they can to fucking get that payday. Um, I I wish cooler heads would step in, but there's money to be made, Joel. So why would we do that? Um, I don't know. I just think I, I think of an injury like that, and I just think that that doesn't heal in two months. You know, I just I don't know, man. Just and and now and and add every other injury on top of that that he has had, plus the fucking concussions. Uh, like, is the is it really that important this match for him? Like, really? Like, you're willing? Like, there was a point in time where it was like, okay, it's so awesome. Doctors cleared him. Okay, let's go. And and the world was on fucking edge for his return. And and now he gets a new lease on life at AEW, and everybody's pretty excited about with the possibilities. And here we go. I don't know, man. I I think I'm at the I'm at the end of the rope with the 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 D bry the D bry. Uh, it's like again, a I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. I'm telling you flat out, I would rather see Kenny Omega in there against Okada <laughs> because. I want I want Kenny in the box challenging for these six man titles. I would take that. I think that be that that would be. I think that match would be tremendous, tremendous. Um, and 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 this is a this is us saying that knowing full well that we would take a singles match any day of the week. We would we want that thirty minute classic. Like we're we're those guys. Absolutely. I would I would absolutely take this the six man over. Uh, Okada and um, you know Debray in a singles match. Um, I just I'm not a worry wart. They're they're adults. They can do what the fuck they want. I'm not going to give a shit either way. But if you're asking my honest opinion, there's no fucking way that guy should be stepping foot in the ring. No fucking way. Okay, then we got the eighth match, the Super Junior Tag League Final with. Catch 2-2, TJP and Francesco Akira defeating Sho and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So TJP pinned Kanemaru after 60 minutes, 40 seconds, following the 2-2, the, the knee-knee, as they call it. And so Catch 2-2 won the Super Junior Tag League. Right decision. Um, you know, they can do their redemption arc. I think they have probably been the best tag team in New Japan this year yep. and deserve this. Match was pretty good. I mean, it would have been way better having Despawato in the final uh, and doing all this stuff in the semi-final, but it was kind of satisfying to have all the run-ins thwarted by all the uh, members of United Empire coming out and foiling that and people getting carried off. Um, what did we get? We got uh, Oleg Bolting carrying Dick Togo. Yeah. Backstage and Jeff Cobb carrying off. Well, that was quite amusing. It was fine, but yeah. uh, as satisfying as that was narratively, I just I would have preferred just to see an extremely high quality uh, junior tag team match. That's what I think your tournament final should be. However, uh, I am. I think the Wrestle Kingdom match that is now booked, which is Catch Two Two against the War Dogs, probably the match I'm most <laughs> looking forward to on the entire mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom card. Wow. Um, and I don't like to say that, but I do not, I'm really excited about, you know, that's not an indictment upon those guys. Uh, funnily enough, the first 
Wrestle Kingdom Junior tag title match with no Japanese wrestlers in it since Wrestle Kingdom 11, Ooh. which was uh, Roppongi Vice against the Young Bucks. But um, I'll, I'll celebrate this as a win. Really looking forward to that Wrestle Kingdom match. Well, what if I were to tell you? <laughs> I have suspicions that that will remain a two-on-two m- matchup. I would not be surprised if we find... They've already announced it. It doesn't matter. You think that matters? Yeah, I, I think okay. once they've announced it, it's it's rare. I don't, I can't think of any examples where it's been announced and they've done the graphics and everything and then gone and changed it. I think if they were going to change it, the opportunity was there in match two for one of the other tag teams to pin the War Dogs and be like, oh, you know, we pinned you and insert themselves into the match, but they didn't. So I, I strongly think it's just going to be two on two. All right, I hope so, but there's a big fucking roster. I'm just saying, <laughs> there's a lot of people. It's going to need to, to find a place. Look, it hasn't happened, and you're right. The graphics have been made and all that fun stuff. I don't know. I just, I got a, I got a weird feeling we're going to see another team involved. Again, no pastrami sandwich there. This is just me speculating. Um, okay, then. So ninth match then was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiromu Takahashi getting his seventh defense against Taiji Ishimori. 20 minutes, 38 seconds with the nameless Hiromu roll part two. I don't have a great deal to say about this. I mean, it was really good. Uh, not their best match that they've had, but I just think they've got really good chemistry. So the the floor on their encounters is is pretty damn high. So I'd say firmly in the middle amongst the matches they've had. Uh, but... Yeah, it's fine. Absolutely fine. Um, uh, I suppose the more notable thing is that Hiromu selected El Desperado as his challenger for Wrestle Kingdom, which was uh, a bit of a surprise that they're going back to this one. But it's the first time they will have faced each other in front of a cheering crowd since June 2018. And I've, I've been saying on this pod for quite a while that I think it is a match that they wanted to go back to in front of a cheering crowd. And now they're doing it. Uh, look, I'm, I'm enjoying the Hiromu reign. I think it's been really high quality, but he is sort of just cycling through the pandemic roster of juniors, you know, guys that he has faced many times before. I would like to see him working with younger talent and I want to see him in singles matches with guys like, you know, Kevin Knight and Francesco Akira and, and Fujita, Mike Bailey. Yeah. And it just seems like he's just wrestling all the guys that he wrestled countless times before. Um, now, the Hiromu Despi match during the pandemic, what was it the Super Juniors final in 2020, I want to say, was unbelievable. Like one of my f- the f- favorite matches I've ever seen. So it would be churlish of me to to scoff at, at this one. But I don't know. It's not, again, it's not the most inspired matchmaking, is it? Especially with as much as I love Despi. You know, he's got to undergo surgery. Like, I hate to be a negative Nancy, but it's match will be great. I'm match sure will be great. great. Look, if, if I have any, uh, you know, I have no doubts that that the match will be great. And again, they'll give them time. And you're right, in front of a nice, rowdy crowd, perfect. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I... I don't think I had any problem with it, really. I, I, I'm. I think that's from a junior perspective. While it would be nice for fresh matchups, that's the money match for juniors. You know, like if you're going to put on a marquee junior heavyweight title match in the dome, 
I kind of think you got to go Despy. You kind of got to. Um, and, and they've intentionally kept them apart. It felt like just, just to get to this point. So I'm okay with it. And again, with the idea of it being, uh, not the freshest of matchups, but a matchup that I think that we can all count on being great. Um, and I think, I think the card as it stands desperately needs that. And, um, I think they'll deliver in spades. That brings us on to the main event, which was the IWGP US UK Heavyweight Championship match with Will Ospreay successfully defending against Shota Umino. Uh, it says match time 4,016 seconds. Yep. Uh, how yeah, four, that's how that? I counted it. I counted each second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to do the maths here, so uh, forgive me. That would be... 16. <laughs> one hour and seven minutes long. You got it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't that long. The youth of England right now. Boy, are they in <laughs> good old good old good old math wizard Joe. <laughs> Joe pounding up the math. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Give me give me your take. I'm gonna give you the floor. The mic is yours. This was fucking great. This yeah. was just everything that I love about New Japan. I can't believe it was 40 minutes long because they just they had me from bell to bell. There was no downtime there was no filler it was just like a celebration of both wrestlers really I was going to say mainly Shota and just the growth that he's shown over the last 12 months and I think there's no doubters anymore no one no one can be out on the street saying oh I don't know if this guy's got it has he got that dog in him he has got everything he has all the tools to be the top guy in this company and I've known that since the G1 so me, he proved it in the G1, and now he's gone out there and delivered an honest-to-God match-of-the-year candidate. And this is not an Osprey carry job. I mean, Osprey absolutely played his role, and we can continue to throw flowers at him for the way he manages to make his opponents look great. But I thought Shota more than held up his end of the bargain here. He just had that the charisma and the confidence, and the you know the storytelling of the match, and the sort of the, the overcoming the struggle. There were the moments where he was sort of like, I don't know, challenging Ibushi, you know, the murder Ibushi little moments where he's no center of the slaps and the blood's trickling down his nose and he's wiping the blood on his chest and throwing tables at Osprey. But just everything looks crisper and sharper and more dangerous with Shota, like his his forearms and that DDT that he did over the oh, ropes. My God, where yeah. Osprey landed on his noggin on the apron and uh, the, the shit talking, the swagger. He's just looks like a, a transformed guy and seeing him have that range, like being able to be, you know, high-fiving the kids and giving out little toys and everyone's clean-cut babyface hero to having those extra gears he can go to where he can show that, you know, that sandpaper, as you like to say, that grit is was just an absolute joy to watch. And I was on the edge of my seat. I was living and dying by every near fall. Maybe we went on a little bit too much, like got a bit excessive at the end with the near holes, but they got me, man. Like that, there was a moment where I think Osprey was going for the storm driver and Shota counted it into like a Frankensteiner. And I was just, I was losing my shit. Just the, just the intricacy and the execution of those sequences was phenomenal. And it broke my heart, Damon. Yeah. I was so upset when Shota didn't win because I was just like, yes, this is it. This is his crowning moment. He's going to be a superstar after this. And then he lost. And I was really sad. Yeah. 
I, I don't think anyone can can sit here with a straight face and say that he's not ready to be top of the card. Like I don't know I don't know what what other what proof what what else you need what uh, what would sway you to now think that he you know he doesn't have something and he needs this little component to be a top guy. He's a fucking top guy and he's young and he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him yet and yep and it, and it might be a case of hey you know what he's the new shiny thing um and i think people can there people are somewhat gun shy of committing themselves because uh, god forbid they should get something wrong you know god forbid that this guy should fall on his fucking face and not be who we want him to be uh at this match should have and if it hasn't then there's something seriously wrong it should have removed all doubts right and i and i and to me that was the end goal right that was the end goal that being said um i don't know of another opportunity where you're going to have a guy who is a a wrestler of the year type pro wrestler who you know again is by all estimations is leaving come January 6th and not no it's not January 6th it's February isn't it is it well, I mean you know what I mean I mean <laughs> I, I mean that's an important caveat maybe there is a little bit more time for that passing of the torch than Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. I mean, yes. But to me, Wrestle Kingdom's your biggest fucking show of the year. And you've already occupied that guy who has the most to give when it comes to um, putting somebody over. Um, and it's, and I, when's that opportunity going to be? Right? Because truth be told, the year that um, well, Osprey's having, I think, I mean, w- let me ask you this. What would mean more a win over Will Osprey or maybe a win in, Mo- and I get him just throwing in a, a month, out. a win in March against Okada. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, you, you make a compelling point there, but I'm just thinking like, is there, a scenario is there someone that he could let's say he retains at Wrestle Kingdom is there someone he could lose to in a singles match at let's say New Beginning where we would look back and we go oh yeah no they were right it was good that they waited that was the right decision because I can't think of anyone who he hasn't already wrestled recently that I would think yeah this this is a guy he needs to hand it over to right that's my point like maybe you could have said Okada but I just think Okada's in a different spot right now. Um, getting a win over Okada would is still, I think, means a ton. I don't know. I just I think you have a guy where it's you know tailor made for him to put him over. Um, so that was, I guess, my only 
disappointment in the match in the sense, and again, we'll, we'll talk about post-match, don't get me wrong. Um, that was my only, just, mm, I just don't understand why that wasn't done. Um, I, I don't have an answer. I Here's the thing, I liked the idea of Mox showing up at ringside and saying, don't you fucking give up. You're not giving up. Um, this match, and, and, and I will give Will Ospreay credit here too. Um, he did everything he possibly could have, aside from taking a three count. Um, uh, in front of a crowd that were cheering for him. Yeah. And by the end, collectively, they managed to get people cheering for Shota. Yeah. I mean, he did everything in his fucking power. Um, so this is not, this is certainly not a knock on Will Ospreay at all. Um, but once again, I just, I just don't know of anybody who has that much oomph um, that's, you know, that's not going to be here in 2024. Um, I don't know. Do, do you think there was value in this narrative? Okay, so the narrative going into the match was Osprey that amazing promo cut saying that he doesn't trust Shota, he doesn't trust the people that he's going to leave behind with the responsibility of carrying the company. But now afterwards, even though Shota didn't win, he's earned Shota's respect. You know, they did the bowing to each other at the end, that yeah. sort of mutual show of respect. Do you think that Shota gained enough from this match in defeat for it to be a success for you. Yes. For three minutes, because the problem is, is that the last thing you remember from that fucking match is not the match and not that, that symbolic somewhat. I trust you with the company moment. That was, yeah, and also what show to do at wrestle kingdom. What's he doing at your biggest show of the year? <laughs> right. So, so now we had that moment and it was there. And if we left it at that, I think people would, still be feeling the after effects of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think people would still be like, okay, he's a guy. He came within a fucking ass hair of winning. Unfortunately, that's not what people remember. People are talking about the angle and the, and, and where we are. And, and the fact that he, that three minute span of what we were trying to accomplish feels wasted. And it feels for naught because, again, it was three fucking minutes long. And to me, that moment, if we're serious about turning this guy into a star, to me, that moment means it it warrants longer than that. Like, where was he? Where was he during this whole fucking beat down moment with Finley and, and Mox. Where was he? He was nowhere to be found. <laughs> what did he do? Drag him to the back? Was he getting a hot dog? Beer? Taking a piss? Where, where was he? It was nowhere. The biggest career defining moment for him and a transitional moment for the company, three minutes. Chew on that. You mean to tell me this fucking company's not lost? Three minutes. Uh, some questions here. So Daryl says, I know Joel was all about show to winning yesterday. 
But give Will his fucking props. He made both Shota and Suji look like a million bucks and elevated them to legitimate star status in anyone's eyes in the last month. That's more legitimate than a simple US-UK title run. Multiverse Ace says, after that performance, how confident do you feel in Shota becoming the ace? Also, what is the big victory he is now chasing? Mox? That match with Will felt like it could have been that win and seemingly going with Finlay instead is certainly a choice. William says, odds on Ren Shota winning World Tag League and Shota getting a belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Completely missed the opportunity. Whenever he does get the big win, it won't be in a match as fantastic as that. So, yeah, I mean, World Tag League for Shota is, I mean, fine. I'll enjoy it if it happens. But, and I know this is classic New Japan booking that they're going to make you wait and wait and frothing at the mouth for Shota to get that big win, whether it's, the secondary title or world title, whatever it is. But again, as I've said, I don't think they have the luxury to be dragging their feet with these guys when everything else going on on the card is pretty stale. I mean, again, this was supposed to be that moment. That was that was the reason why this match went as long as it did. That is the reason why both guys, you know, practically killed themselves trying to fucking have a great match um, and a memorable match. What, what what does it mean? Where are we at? Give me and 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 whoever said that was a thousand percent right. Like give me a give me the opponent where he can have that type of match and have that moment. You know, there's there's only a few guys on that roster that's that a has the star power, the oomph, the the buzz, and the talent to be able to do that. Who else? When uh, it was the perfect moment, and in three minutes, they flushed the fucking toilet on it. Yeah, so I suppose we better cover uh, Finney Mallet and his uh, Wackadave adventures. So he smashed up the titles. Uh, I mean, what did you think of that angle in isolation? Um, again, I joked to you, I think it was. Uh, Commit assault and battery with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Get elevated to semi-main event at Russell Kingdom. <laughs> it just makes no fucking sense. Um, in isolation, I, I think it's a cool visual of him smashing up the titles and his rationale behind it. The promo was too rambling, went on too long. You can't do promos like that in front of a, whispery, a Japanese crowd. I don't think he's all serious with the mic. Serious. Yeah. I'm serious. Um, <laughs> Carol uh, says, "Where the fuck did Ghetto get that giant hammer? What other comically <laughs> oversized objects would you like to see used in professional <laughs> wrestling?" Uh, I, I mean, we we talked about it last week on the pod, Damon. That I laid out the case for both um, Mox to be challenging Osprey for that belt, or Finley to be challenging for the belt. Not in my wildest dreams did I think they were going to go with both. They somehow managed to make a worse third option there. Um, so we have a lot of questions about this choice. Does New Japan need a rebel? Does the world need a rebel? Gig says, would you guys take this trade? AW gets David Finlay and in return, New Japan gets bag of magic beads. Andrew <laughs> says, in your most pessimistic fantasy booking for Wrestle Kingdom, could you have come up with a worse final Wrestle Kingdom match for Will Ospreay? 
as a contracted New Japan wrestler than a three-way with an AEW guy and David fucking Finley. Boo said, what did we do as a collective to have suffered through summer struggle only to get this shitty three-way at Wrestle Kingdom? Ollie says, are you looking forward to David Finley telling us he'd beat Osprey and Mox in the same night in every promo until he retires? Uh, Daryl says, um, the angle after the main event was the shits. I have zero interest in that three-way match and I love Osprey and Mox. Does Finley have go-away heat between him and House of Torture? That's a big part of the show I couldn't give a care for. Is there any outcome to this three-way match that you would think, oh, okay, yep, now it makes sense? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there is, but I don't think anybody gives a fuck, right? I mean, I think the biggest challenge that we have right now, Joel, is that that's just a handful of the responses that we've gotten. Um, And I just think that a lot of people... And those are the people that at least give a fuck enough to get their thumbs a, a, a typing uh, and send us a message. There's a lot of people that don't even have the energy for that when it comes to this fucking company. They just, it's hand wavable. Um, it's 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 a huge problem. Um, I, I not in my wildest dreams. What I and and yep, exactly right in the sense of. Big time Wrestle Kingdom, Tokyo Dome, Will Ospreay. <laughs> uh, and again, Mox works as hard as he fucking can. Uh, but, you know, it's just a weird style conflict, I would think. Doesn't really like, like if I'm putting Will Ospreay in a match, uh, the two people that they're going in the ring with might be some of the. Uh, bottom of the list people that I would put in that. Um, this is a problem. I can't see a good outcome here because we're going to be we're going to be mad if Mox or Osprey win. Mm-hmm. The reasons we've talked about before, you know, Osprey not putting over a New Japan guy in his last Wrestle Kingdom as a, a New Japan contracted wrestler. Oh, the title's been taken by an AEW guy. Oh, the title's been put on ice for another load of months. Blah blah blah. But would it be any better if you know they do the classic Amoresu? three-way nonsense finish of Osprey hitting the storm driver and mocks and then Finley pushes him out of the ring and steals the pin and ah, ha, ha, he outsmarted everyone. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's any better. No. I mean, I, I suppose maybe marginally because I, I guess I, I would like the guy who works for new Japan to have the title, but there's just nothing in this match. That's not, <laughs> to make me annoyed you know I'm just like I've got my tinfoil hat and I'm like what is going on here is is Finley there because um, Tony Khan didn't want to burn the Osprey Mox singles match or he didn't want Osprey or Mox taking a pin it's just like my mind is like buzzing with all these conspiracy theories and, and yeah. it doesn't feel good no it, it really doesn't and I think all of them can be legitimate thoughts um uh, and I'll add to that thought. You got Ghetto, who is they, he's trying to make this fucking thing work, where, where, whatever way he can, and he just dry humps fucking David Finley into this three way match, and it's like, okay, uh, wh- <laughs> why is why? Because he came into a ring and hit two people with a fucking shillelagh. That's the reason. I don't think people. People don't want this. <laughs> um, and it's not like we haven't said this for a while now, 
But it's shit like this that turn people off. It's shit like this that turn people off. Um, and again, this is these are the people that those comments. Those are the people that care enough to at least engage with us to voice their concerns. There are plenty of people that just don't even care about that. Like, and the fact that they can't recognize that and they can't see that and they can't pivot is crazy. Like, it's so preposterous that, yeah, it does make you your head spin a little bit with pro wrestling conspiracy theories of uh, there has to be a reason why this is happening because no one, no sane person would be like, yep, this is our semi-main event. <laughs> here's here's who I would put in the ring with uh, Will Ospreay. This is our money match. I guarantee you. I promise you this. I would bet the house on this. Do you think that they would have half as many tickets sold if they announced this show in advance? I don't know. That's the one thing I can't make any sense of is the ticket sales doing so well. And a part of me is just inclined to say that now we know we've got cheering crowds in advance and the travel's opening up. Um, That is more of a factor than any of these matches being a particularly hot ticket. Naito, I think people want to see Naito win. I think that's probably doing a lot of the heavy lifting. There's probably... Some interest in Okada Danielson. I mean, there was a bit of a spike in ticket sales after the show, and I can't imagine it's due to uh, Wacker Dave. So, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to make sense of it, really. I think we all are. I mean, look, we do this. And I show. don't care at the end of the day. Like, I, that's I the problem. Usually, fans be good. I don't want to grade it on that curve of ticket sales, as I've said. There is no satisfying narrative reason why that three way match is taking place. Right. And the only thing people can kind of at least comfort their head in is the thought that, okay, there's got to be some backstage politicking going on. Because, again, why w- w- it makes zero sense to, to present this uh, as they did uh, with the people that are involved. It just makes no fucking sense. And to, to what, like, listen, you, you, you feed. Uh, all of it, you know, you you get all the 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 social media on the account. It's you. You get it. Is there one person that's like, hey, you know what? This is really good. I'm really digging this. No, no. no. you've heard all the questions I've read out, and these are for loyal listeners and viewers who have been who have given this stuff a chance. You know, we gave all of it a chance. We gave Sonata a chance. We gave Finley, Finley a chance. chance. We yep. gave Tambatonga a chance. From day one, when these guys are getting these pushes, we've, and all, all these people that have written in, have embraced it, for the most part, in good faith, with an open mind, given it a chance. It's not working. Right? So this is, uh, and again, to answer your question, no. No one is saying that this is good. I've not seen a single person say, yeah, actually, I'm into this three-way. This is going to be cool. Right. Nobody. No one. And I look at, like, comments. And we're like, the freaks. We're the freaks, yeah. and no one likes this. Who is it yeah. for? Who's it Tony for? Tony Khan. Is, is that it? Is that who it's for? Jesus. Yeah. Right. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I mean, you hear that, people? You hear, you hear that? That's the sound of a guy. Listen, I'm known 
to fucking be the, you know, I'll go off on whatever tangent. I'll call somebody a fucking hunk of shit. Who cares? When Joel, when you can hear that in Joel's voice of, what am I doing? Like, what am I watching? Why am I forcing myself to fucking enjoy this shit? It's fucking shit. I'm tired of it. And the thing that fucking gets me going the most is that it's not like they didn't have a fucking world of time to figure it out. And this, this is what they came up with. And it's like, it's even more frustrating when we can see the talent that they've got. We've seen yeah. Suji and Umino and even Gabe Kidd. Like, and, and I know the use they'll get there eventually, but they're awesome. They're cool. They should be front and center in the Wrestle Kingdom booking. Like, how do you label these guys your musketeers? And it's November and they've got jack shit for the biggest show of the year. I'm sorry, this uh, ticket sales aside, this Wrestle Kingdom card. It's a fucking mess. And, you know, if the rationale is it's a transitional year, fine. You know, I'll hold my nose, we'll get through January 4th, but I just I don't trust the booking anymore. And I'm not even saying guys like Suji and Shota should be world champion now, although I am saying that. They should be. But can they at least win some fucking wrestling matches? Yeah. You know? What are we waiting for? What else do they need to develop? They've got everything. Why are we using the best wrestler in the world or possibly the last time we worked the biggest show of the year in a three-way with an AEW guy and a fat guy. Why can't we get this historic horror rate to showcase some young talent instead of working through the pandemic roster of juniors that he's wrestled a million times already? Uh, you know, it pains me to say it, Damon. I don't want to be a doomer. I'm not going to judge this company on a skewed Amores curve because, yes, it's fucking light years ahead of WWE and AEW and all that shit, but it should be better than this, right? We're sitting on this gold mine of talent. Like, I genuinely believe there's enough quality there to have us a new golden era. And they were just sitting around with their fingers up their asses with nothing on the docket for, for Wrestle Kingdom. And at the same time, I'm being subjected to Sanada Tokyo domain events, which is, I'm sorry, it's preposterous. I'm not going to be convinced otherwise. We've got Tony Khan off for matches. We've got guys who we don't even know if are going to be healthy in time. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. And, and not to top that off, a new title, which is just what everyone wanted. Oh. And we, we got some questions about that. Yeah. Um, Daryl says one more about the IC title. It was last held by the DSV Ibushi. Do you think he still has it? If the plans are to resurrect it, will Obari have to knock on his door and ask for it back? Like asking your ex-girlfriend for your favorite hoodie. Please role play <laughs> this scenario. Uh, Dakota says, any predictions about what the new title will be? Morning Progress says, if this chaotic company isn't actually calling the new belt the Intercontinental title like they should, then what would be a good name for it? And then what bad name will they actually call it? Brian says, what will the new title be named? Uh, if it's up to Super Jcast to name it. And Antonio's weighing in. As of this comment, still haven't checked the project, but I'm still going to ask which is with IWGP Intercontinental belt. May I say may, because we don't, if it will or not return, is there a chance we're going to see IWGP heavyweight belt again officially, or the belt will be officially done and dusted. I mean, is 0.5% chance we're going to get belt or not? I mean, um, blah, 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 but wishes may say yes, for, for IC belt is going to happen. That is my question. Uh, and Jason, come up with quite possibly the most offensive suggestion in this entire show. Since Chris Jericho said AEW is looking for a Japanese expansion, what if this new belt is an AEW oh Asian my God. title? Oh, my God. 
Wow. I think I just threw up my mouth. <laughs> you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares back. Uh, let me be very clear. I'll put out a... Uh, I'll put out the Orange Cassidy. No, it wasn't Orange Cassidy. It was a... Uh, Enzo, right? If Enzo's at the fucking dome, I'm shutting it down. If this title is an AEW title, I'm shutting it down. We're done. You'll never hear from us again. We're going away. We're <laughs> You'll never hear our voices again. You'll never know. Jesus, says, will you will you all transition into a Portuguese football podcast once David Finley wins at Wrestle Kingdom and Okada beats Danielson just to leave for AEW a month later? But yeah, yep. a lot of stuff on the table here where we are, we are ready to pull the plug. Yeah, do it. I fucking dare you, New Japan. Hey, I fucking dare you. Do it. Um, that is a crazy worst case, and yeah, it, yeah, you know what? It could be worse, and that that there's there's your worst case scenario. Um, I don't think they bring back the Intercontinental, do you? Because here's the thing: if, oh, no, no, they said they won't. They said okay. it's going to be a new title, but it's not the Intercontinental title. There you go. I mean, because if they did that, you're so if you made that decision, you're basically saying, yeah, it was a fucking terrible decision. <laughs> and nobody wants to nobody wants to be left holding that fucking bag. So, yeah, they're going to name it something else. And it's going to be the Lawson's uh, Family Mart World Title. <laughs> right? Sponsored. And, uh, yep, yep, we'll get some brand recognition out there. It is the Lawson's Family Mart. No, Lawson, it can't be Family Mart. Family Mart's a different thing. Lawson's... Uh, no, you said the family chicky. I want it oh. sponsored exclusively by Family Mart Chicken. Perfect. The family chicky title. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, but we'll just we'll just have how about this? We have different. You know, one of the most interesting things in New Japan over the past year was the uh, that Young Lions tournament with the uh, the beef. Right? They got the. Why don't we do this? We switch it up every month. It's a new restaurant, right? New and and uh, the winner is the uh, whatever the whatever restaurant champion, and they get to eat there for free. And oh, how lovely would that be to be champion? Wow, get some name recognition out there. This is a terrible idea, by the way, but it's better than an AEW yes. based on <laughs> it's more coherent <laughs> and well thought out. And yeah, <sighs> what are we gonna do, dude? Let's- that's that. That was a sigh. Yeah, we're going to preview Lone Star Shootout. That's what. All right, let's do it. Oh, coming up Friday from Garland, Texas. Okay, let me ask you a question, yep. Damon. Uh, Fred Rosser mm-hmm. versus Tom Lawler singles match, right? You know, we're aware they've had great history together. Some uh, twice winners of the strong match of the year. Yeah. If you have the book, right? We've got, uh, let's say, 10 matches on this card. Where are you placing? Fred Ross versus Tom Lawler. I would say near the top, wouldn't it? I mean, we're looking at like, I mean, semi-main of some kind, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kickoff match. What? It's a kickoff match. It's not even on the main card. It's not even on the main card. It's not even on the main card. Does somebody have like a flight to catch or something? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Andrew suggested on the Discord that they might be, this could be leading to an angle where they're teaming up for World Tag League. 
Which, if it is, I'll forgive that because I'd love to see both of these guys in world tag league. That's but a, like, why would they do that? Though? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they? I mean, like fucking T- Tom Lawler has a whole faction of people that would cut off their toe to go to Japan in world tag right. league. And, you, and you're gonna pull maybe, an angle for the maybe fuck what you suggest. Maybe it's like a logistic. Maybe one of them's got somewhere to be. <laughs> Right, a restaurant booking. Right, right. They double parked outside. They get get their bags and run out the door. That is that is wow. I mean, this company never seems to fucking amaze me. It's not even on the main show. I, I mean, hopefully there's an angle that would explain it. If this is just a straight match, dude. Uh, I I have no answers. I I I I I have no answers. Do me a favor. So that's Give me a favor. My- yeah. Tweet Tom Lawler and be like, can can we ask you a serious question? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Please. message you. It's just be like, Damon and I are, are are questioning. Why is this a preach? Do you have any idea? Can you help us connect the dots and our listeners, our thousands upon thousands of listeners? Help us connect the dots when it comes to you and Fred Rosser not even being on the main fucking show. Any 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 idea what we're missing, Tommy, Tommy L? <sighs> Unbelievable! I can hear your final. Okay, I've asked. I've asked him. I've asked him. Good yep. job. Um, all right. So that's kickoff match two. Kickoff match one is a strong survivor match produced by NJPW Academy with Matt Vandergriff versus Barrett Brown. Then moving on to the main card, we got Mascara Dorada, Tiger Mask, and Atlantis against Echicero. Rocky Romero and Ultimo Guerrero. That one should be really fun. I like that. I always enjoy the um, CMLL offer matches. Then we've got a eight-man tag with Kevin Knight, Kushida, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga against Clark Connors, Gay Kid, Alex Coughlin, and Chase Owens. There's been a bit of um, people huffing the copium that this is going to be the match where we get Chase Owens kicked out of Bullet Club. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, again, there's been some suspicions that he's going to team up with Tangela for World Tag League. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Just, no, it's not. Yeah. Really? All right. I want you to tweet yeah. Chase Owens. <laughs> I want you to. <laughs> no, not going to tweet Chase Owens. Okay. All right. What else we got? Um, we got Tori, <laughs> Tori Hanno against Joey Janela. Oh, God. Yeah. Into that? I mean, here's the thing Joey Janela will have. he I, He's sitting right now in his living room. Uh, Thinking of cool and fun, inventive spots to do with Toriano, while Yano is sitting in his bar, thinking, "Oh, I gotta get on a fucking plane tomorrow." <laughs> right? like, do you think Yano knows who Joey Janela is? Do you think he's thinking, "What the the penis guy?" I thought he, <laughs> he was a <laughs> He's been canceled. Um. I would not be surprised if there was a show that they both worked. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> but you would think that there was... Well, yeah, It's not like Toriyama's done a ton of U.S. stuff. And when he is here, it's usually just the New Japan shit out the door, right? Like, he's never been on, like, AEW, and he's never been... Like, he's never done, like, a tour. He's not, like, fucking Kojima. Um... I think there's a good chance he has a new fucking idea. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. 
All right, we've also got the strong openweight tag team championships with the champions Hikaleo and ELP defending against West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, which uh, that should be all right. I like West Coast Wrecking Crew. I think they already have bookings, so I'm not expecting them to be in World Tag League, though. We've got a special singles match, Mystico versus TJP. I love that one. Yeah. That one should be very good. Yep. Strong openweight championship, Eddie Kingston against... Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I mean, it's it's a vibes match. If you're into those vibes, enjoy. But I think I think I'm done with Eddie Kingston with these uh, New Japan matches personally. Um, do we think Kojima's going to win though? Ooh. No, no, because Eddie Kingston can't lose any matches while he's holding the ROH title. No, this is the bigger thing. It's not even the ROH title. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. It what? is the ROH. No, 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 no. Title. no. Here we go. Was has Eddie Kingston been on a Wrestle Kingdom card? No. Here's your answer. There's a couple oh, more God. things he's got to check off that fucking laundry oh, list. God, why have we got to do Eddie? Why have I got to live through Eddie Kingston's bucket list? You know he's going to be on that Wrestle Kingdom show, right? Oh, Christ on a bendy bus. <laughs> Right, um, NJPW World Television Championship, Zach Sabre Jr. defending against Mike Bailey. His 16th defense. Wow, go Zach. Um, He's not going to lose that, but that one should be a ton of fun. Special tag match, we've got John Moxley and Wheeler Utah against David Finley and Kenta. Kenta's back. It's been a while since we've seen him. Mm. We've got IWGP Women's Championship, Mai Iwatani defending against Stephanie Vaquer, which... I'm really looking forward to that. That should be excellent, I think. And then main event, I think it's the main event, Never Open Weight Championship, Shingo Takagi defending against Trent Beretta. <sighs> um, that's all right. I mean, that's a, for, for short. I say a fairly short turnaround from the last US show. That's okay. Look, don't hate it. He should be fun, fun stuff there. I mean, can, can I have a fight be... code, please? Someone, don't make me pay my own money for this. Yeah, yeah. Somebody give me a code. Um, I mean, Tremperetta was in the mix when he abruptly left to go to AEW. Um, like he was, you know, kind of in that never um, U.S. Championship kind of mix. I think that was a long time ago, though, wasn't it? I mean, that was, what, two years ago, three years ago? Maybe even longer than that? No, it was 2018, I think, wasn't it? I mean, that's, according to my math, that's 50 years. I I mean, is Tremperetta the same Tremperetta? I don't know. Is he Tremperetta? I don't know who is anymore. I've forgotten him. It's been so long. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when him and Chuck Taylor were doing... World Tag League and Chuck Taylor kept going mental and attacking people. Yeah. And his mom, remember his, his mom? He was talking about his mom. <sighs> that was not a good time to be quit on. <laughs> the whole, that whole angle thing. I'll tell you what. Give me something to be, to be cheerful about, Damon. I can't, I can't end the podcast like this. Okay. Um, here's, here's what I got for you. Arsenal's going to win the league. We just lost to Newcastle at the weekend. Oh. That was our first league loss of the season. Although we did get absolutely fucked by um, incompetent refereeing. Yep. Where the, the referees who fucked us uh, spent the, the the few days prior refereeing matches in Saudi Arabia for the Saudi League and then refereeing matches against Newcastle who are owned by the Saudis. Oh. So absolutely nothing dodgy going on there. 
No, sir. You think there was a little, uh, who paid for the plastic surgery? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> you oh. may very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment. All right. I don't want you to get, you know, I don't want a knock on your door. Is this Joel? <laughs> oh, God. They're going to get the bone saws out. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, well, look. I think we have... Here's, here's, here's what I'll leave you with. We have two months. We have two months before the bell rings at the Tokyo Dome. That's a long time. It is a long time. And maybe they have things up their sleeve that will give us a little bit more excitement. Um, right now, it does look grim. Right now, it does look uh, maybe the, the least interesting Wrestle Kingdom show I can remember in a long time. That being said, we have two months. Maybe they, I'm not going to say they pull an audible, but maybe they recognize that, okay, we fucked up. Let's make some changes. Let's let's give the people what they want. Um, and you know what? Maybe we don't have to wait too much longer for the 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 youngsters to get on top of the card. You know, Dash is always a fun show. So um, maybe maybe that's the beginning. Maybe that's the start of things, right? Um. So yeah, let's let's hold off hope for that. Let's hold off two months to Wrestle Kingdom, so there's time to uh, add a little bit more spice to the mix. And Dash is always an interesting show. Now, I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt because, honestly, the past couple of Dashes haven't really been that tremendous. They've Tell me one thing that happened at Dash this year. Yeah. Uh, hmm. You know, I kind of always fall back on, like, Juice Robinson pinning Goto <laughs> to, get, to elevate him. What happened in the last dash? I I have no fucking idea. What was the what happened? Do you have any idea? No, not without looking it up. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, okay, right. It was it was um Kenny and Okada teaming up. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make the exact same noise. <laughs> All right, listen. Let's 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 keep a positive tone. I don't want everybody driving off a cliff. But this is where we are. This is where I am. This is where Joel is. This is where the show is. We're hoping for the best. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> That's it? That's how we're ending it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to say goodbye? No. Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.